right, the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Alan Deegan. We're standing here in the in the sports ground in the clan, an empty clan, about an hour or so before kickoff. Got William Davies and Rob Murphy. And we're going to talk about how we think we need to win today against Cardiff, especially after some interesting results last night. Rob. Yeah, back and forth on this one. Can't decide how it's going to go. God with comic because history says these kind of fixtures, back to the wall should be 50-50 game at the very least usually Connacht would be favoured in it they are with the bookies five point favourites they usually come through on it but if they don't it's quite serious really in terms of where it puts them in the league obviously everyone says take a bread on Kieran Key, give him a chance of course but this group of players have been around this league for a long time and they cannot afford to lose this game if they're being serious about doing anything and what looks like a wide open conference now in terms of the race for the playoffs so there's, there's hope for Connacht if they win today if they lose I don't have much hope at all yeah, I, I called it a season-defining game and someone said it's a bit early for that. I said, well, you lose this one, then you're away to Scarlets and you're away to Ulster. Jeez, you could be five games in and only one win. Yeah, that's potential. Uh, I wouldn't quite call it season-defining. You can win any game at any time. Must win! And you just have to turn over a result. Um, but they need a performance where they actually have a structure to what they're doing so we can get some idea of what Connacht are actually about. There's a lot of changes again and those changes, uh, I think it's really interesting that you've got a brand new out half who's only in the country a little over two weeks has been thrown in. I think that shows there's a concern in that position. I don't think he would normally have been starting so soon. Uh, Cardiff are coming here 0-3. They've played rancid rugby and I'm not entirely sure that even they know how they're going to go about winning this. Shingler at 10 suggests a kicking game. The wind is already howling down the pitch. It's probably going to get a bit stronger. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. Some good, interesting games last night. Uh, Cheetahs turning over Leinster. Treviso beating the Ospreys for the second time in a row in Italy. Did it back last May as well. Um, don't know what it says about the Ospreys, but as someone who's given out about Italian teams plenty of times, you have to hand it to Treviso. They were dogged last night. They made 174 tackles to 53. Uh, but that does suggest that the Ospreys... It was a very strange performance from them. And Glasgow turned over uh, Munster fairly comfortably, uh, which suggests that they're they're pretty serious operators in this conference. So, lots to play for. Uh, it's just a pity that this could be a game that's going to be dictated by the weather. Yeah, I was just thinking you're worried about Deegan having too much responsibility. It wouldn't be the first time, really, to be honest. But anyways, <laughs> you're doing a good job on the podcast, Alan. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to find out if my great-grand-uncle is related <laughs> to this lad. Um, we'll see how he goes. Let's after Deegan as well. There's too many Deegans around these days. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, just the other thing for you, Rob, is you've now got three blonde players on the field today. So, <laughs> good, good luck identifying all <laughs> I believe I've been looking at those notes going, yeah, I'll just say the out half has it, it's sound. Indeed, indeed. Well, it does help, though, that they picked a team around them. The reason why I think we win today is Marmion's there, Rollinson's there, Aki needs to improve a bit on last week, but he's still going to be there, very effective. Leader has the boot dead to kick your, kick your touch finder as a penalty. That's not a bad way to start as an out half. You have a lot of people who can take different responsibilities from you. You certainly do, and you've got a fairly solid pack there that should get us some go-forward ball. But William, you're back with me. We're in the clan again for the first time this season, doing our 20-minute updates. I've been commentating early, you've been commentating, but I think Joe is back commentating with Joe you today. Back, yeah. So we'll be doing our normal 20 minutes, half-time, 60 minutes, and post-game, and we'll talk to you then. Okay, William, it's just 10 minutes to kick off. No changes on the teams, and the wind doesn't get any better, is it? No, it's a a stiff, hard breeze blowing diagonally from the College Road end. 
posts are swaying around and flagpoles are bouncing. It isn't raining yet, but it's a, it's a proper sports ground afternoon for this uh, quarter past three kickoff. Both sides going through the usual warm up routine. Um, look, both sides looking quite sharp actually, and Cardiff working pretty hard, but uh, this wind is going to dictate an awful lot of this how you try to play the game, how you defend against it, and how many points you probably need to have ahead at half time. And, it's hard, hard to put a quantity on that, but you'd assume whoever has it in the first half will want a substantial lead. Yeah, certainly, and the one thing that you don't want to be doing is letting in points when you're playing against this win, so um, should be fascinating. We'll talk again on 20 Minutes. He did indeed, he did indeed. We're 20 minutes into the game, Connacht are winning 3 0. Um, they've dominated possession and territory, but only got the one score, William. Yep, slight concern. They've had all the position, all the ball, uh, but only leading 3 0. Um, don't like to care about referees and linesmen early in a game, but they're, they're missing a lot of stuff. I mean, Cardiff are permanently offside, and there's been a couple of pretty questionable hits gone in, so it's tough stuff out there. Uh, Connacht will be happy with the way they've played but they really could have done with another score they had a couple of clear cut opportunities didn't quite take them but so far so good and uh, Dave Heffernan standing out at the moment for me to the fore he is indeed we'll talk again on half time ok William half time card of lead 7-3 not good well this was the sort of the, the nightmare scenario to, to concede a lead playing with the wind uh, Cardiff just played themselves back into the game a lot of small errors by Connacht penalty count again another yellow card John Muldoon we just they seemed to lose a bit of belief as the half went on yeah. but they didn't convert the chances they had and now it's going to be a tough one to win this because that wind is, is, is definitely in my view is worth 10 points and we're now minus 4 so they're going to have to play really well in the second half the try was due to a shocking error in midfield looked like Roy Schools missed his tackle and by doing very little in the game other than making tackles and scoring their one chance Cardiff have uh, gone in 7-3 up they have and they look like they're going to go on and win this game but hopefully we'll have something different to say at 60 minutes I'm depressed OK, just 60 minutes William and we have good news we've just scored a try Daryl Leader scored in the corner and uh, Mr Deegan's going to have a pop at the, at the conversion Yeah, it's been a, a pretty fraught 20 minutes um, we looked very stationary and very static at times but they just kept going and got the try eventually they converted the opportunity I didn't think they were going to manage it but they've bashed away Cardiff look very one dimensional and very predictable so it's, it's good playing against this wind which is still howling and hopefully he can get this conversion and uh, get the score out to 10-7 it'll be a good kick if he gets it but uh, see what he's made of he's going to get plenty of opportunities to kick in conditions like these at the sports ground Daryl Leader who scored the try is holding the ball for him which he's uh, got at a slight angle on the kicking tee he's kicking from the near side here in the clan he's going through his little composure and he's ready to go and he's on his way and the kick is um, well there isn't much you better not say what you can say anything about that but Connacht 8-7 up 20 minutes to go looking better
That's the sound of Connacht losing. We've never beaten them three games in a row, William, and we should have done this, and we didn't today. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bit of a sickener when you you get into a lead and you you just got to see out two and a half minutes. But uh, although John Muldoon collected the kickoff uh, really well, it disintegrated from there. And uh, they ran in for an easy score, which uh, great conversion. I don't know whether he actually meant it, but it was a fa- fabulous use of this wind. The ball changing direction by about 90 degrees to get over the bar. Um, it's going to take a while to pick the bones out of this. Uh, Cardiff are a side of limited ambition, but they just... I'm not quite sure how we, we didn't win that game, but uh, we didn't. And... Uh, it's a very it's a difficult start to the season now. It's one out of four, three home games gone, and uh, we did, we have a we have a big problem against this side. Um, but it was the first half when you have the wind and you have the possession and you have the possession and you only score three points. It's a big problem. Certainly was. You know, we lost the game because they scored a try against that wind. Um, we were should have been the better team. I think we were the better team. We just didn't know how to win the game. Um, we seem to have forgotten how to win games. Um, yeah, I need to. I need to let this cogitate for a while. We'll talk again when Rob gets to us and we've heard what the coaches and players have had to say. Yeah. first I mean you must have been happy with the second half display so to lose it like at the end must really be heartbreaking for the Connick team yeah I do say that they are heartbroken um, I'm a little bit the same and like from your perspective would it be frustrations with the mistakes or would you just feel like maybe you just didn't catch a break in those closing stages no we lost the game in the first half uh, and squarely was uh, a little bit of deja vu, particularly uh, from that first game that we played against Glasgow. Similar conditions, similar setup. So yeah, we we didn't learn too many lessons. Yeah, it is hard to believe how much possession and territory Connacht had in the second half against the wind in comparison to that first half. It was a huge improvement in, in that regard. Yeah, it was. You're right. Can you give us a bit of a perspective maybe on what went wrong in that first half? What allowed Cardiff maybe to win the, the battle at the breakdown and maybe take control of it in the second quarter? I don't think we had the right attitude at all. Um, we knew it would be pretty combative uh, against Cardiff. and We'd planned for it. We'd worked hard all week uh, on various things. Uh, and we were confident that we were well prepared and ready to go. But uh, we didn't fire a shot you know, to lead by three points, and that uh, with that win behind was um, clearly never going to be enough. And so it proved. In terms of discipline, it does seem to be something that's a recurring theme in both games. Penalties given away at key junctures that gave Cardiff the platform they needed. Yeah, there were a lot of penalties, weren't there? So, you know, I need to look at that and, and try and understand what they're all about. In regards to the position of the table, it's one win from four now. Do you try and like? Do you have to accept that you have to kind of look at that bigger picture and accept that it's a bad start to season, or do you just try and, and look at just one game and this game that's just gone past? Like, oh, I think it is a bad start to a season. Any time that you're one 
one from four. Um, yeah, I can. I'm not a dummy. I can count. Yeah. And Discardis is a really tough fixture next week. They're obviously going very, very well. The lads are going to really feel that. Really have to step it up considerably to obviously challenge that. There. Yeah. Well, doesn't get any easier, does it? Um, but uh, I think all the all the teams are fairly even. Uh, the ones that I've witnessed so far hasn't been a lot between uh, any of them, but it uh, doesn't get easier for Connick. Just in terms of that second half, what are the positives that you'll take from that? Should you be emphasising next week that you want to see more of? Uh, you're asking me questions I haven't had time to digest, so yeah. I can't answer them. All right. We've just been to a very interesting press conference. I think it's it's hard sometimes to analyse what you've just watched ten minutes later. No, that's not to say that you shouldn't be able no to do it. But I think I think one of the difficulties is he's probably not trying to just come in and give platitudes because we've had a bit of that. Today was a little bit. He was a bit more. You you learned a little bit more about him today. Mm-hmm. I think he is very angry. Yes. Interesting comment about um, when. The, when he, would, he went, when he said about the you know the players, um, you know they didn't put it up and they didn't make the right decisions, and he said it was something like on the line, along the lines of you put them under pressure, and that's how you get results out of the players. That's how you get the yeah. you know. Like a, geez, poor I'll poor. say this, I'll say this: every single answer he gives has like just no, does absolutely no waffle whatsoever. No, no, obviously, no, he just so every single well. word has substance to it. And if he just doesn't want to answer your question, he just doesn't answer your question. That's it. And all the these things are fine. Look, it's who he is. It's entertaining. I think that was an entertaining bit of audio. It'll have captivated our listeners, anyways. Um, mm. But it was just I was really blown away by how towards the end he suddenly opened up and started talking. So I'm, I'd like him to kind of unlock what he wants us to do. I mean, for God's sake, if he wants to just make a statement at the end of the game, that's grand too. I mean, we're just there to. He's kind that of unknown furnace. Yeah. He has the statement. He has the statement given there. I'd say in terms of tone okay oh yeah in terms right. of tone no for definite yeah. I think uh, I yeah. think his eyes have been well and truly opened with regard yeah, to what point. he has to work with here and that's what matters here let's let's move on from, yeah. from the press conference to talk about exactly that he's mm. made the statement he is beyond angry he is utterly dejected of what he saw there and uh, I think the players are what Andrew Deacon said in the wider press conference the players are shattered as well by his other things yeah. they'd want to be emotional the crowd, have you ever heard the crowd so quiet at the end no, and the fact that a lot of people just walked off when the game ended. They didn't wait to applaud the side off. We stand with a very hardcore fans, in a good way, on the Clan Terrace, who are very vociferous Connacht supporters. They realise when they've watched something that isn't good enough. Um, I suspect some of it is probably a realisation that it's a much tougher league I'm, the standard of rugby mightn't be as good as you see in the Southern yeah. Hemisphere, but it's a tough, gritty old league. There's, there's well, t- I don't interesting, agree, interesting don't comment he made, there. though. No, interesting comment he made there. He said he didn't see much between all the teams. Did you hear that? Up yeah, well, I, well I, 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 I can't agree with that. I think there are some teams there that are way better. I mean, oh, but, but we're talking the teams we've lost to in the last couple of weeks. The Dragons are so average. That Cardiff team out there. That's the worst Cardiff average. team I've ever seen. That's the only one I want to agree. I, I, I totally agree in terms of where the Scarlets have gone to to compare where we were when we won the league. Different stratosphere. I, I do agree with that. But just the games we've lost, that's the point, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe come back at that. In, yeah, well, well, it is the point. But the, uh, the issue is when you come in here, you may think I'm going to prescribe systems that are going to lift your level of performance 
maybe he's just going to have to realise that some of the players he's working with just aren't going to be able to get to that level and you're going to have to find a different way of getting them set up um, but I, I don't agree with him about all the teams being the same um, and, and we're certainly down in the bottom of the 14 teams we're well down in the bottom section at the moment uh, if you watch what the Scarlets do what Ulster have done the last couple of weeks Glasgow last night against Munster um, and if he thinks that's a hard game well there's here's a little thought there's 31 weeks left in this Pro 14 season there are now 7 remaining home Pro 14 fixtures for Connacht and 3 of them are inter-provincials that's, that's scary that's a scary start now in fairness um, <laughs> no, but uh, I really it's really hard to know what to say with that I, like how many line breaks have we had in, oh, in so far point. this season yeah. bizarre but the other thing is we've we've with players some players seem to have, have played a few games but a lot of the players that come back from injury and stuff like that there's been no A games do you know what I mean they can't play with clubs you know they have to get game time you know they have to get game time Packy should we should we just look at the Scarlet and Ulster games about putting out a team that can defend keep the score down and just get game time for these guys and forget about trying to win them because we're not going to win them not in this form Jesus we can't do that we can't do that I know Jackman has put a team of young lads but that's how bad it's got now for us yeah maybe. then I have to ask that question maybe maybe I just uh, well we'll get more we can't do that because we don't have the depth in the squad to yeah. do that anyway and I don't think he'll try and do that no it doesn't go seem by. like his no, demeanour no, there no. no way no way he wants to go um, front up yeah. I'd say they're going to they're going to they're going to get the wax cleaned out of their ears on uh, Monday anyway that's for sure who was in Wales with me William was in Wales with me last week did he say last week he said it wasn't about shouting in the dressing room it was about fixing a few things I think this is a big change in his demeanour this week in that uh, regard he he did um but I think maybe now the gloves have got to come off a bit. Oh well, I think uh, they did at half time, but it sounded things. Well, he uh, said he said they were going to. Well, in in, in his words, in a, yeah. in a roundabout way, well, not even in a roundabout way, in a very direct way, he said uh, much less the same thing. Uh, I think this fellow is going to be put under pressure, and um, I yeah, I think we'll be I think we'll be we'll be shocked with some of the results that come from it, as in players that we think are possibly first choice and I uh, don't think they'll be first choice much much longer yeah it's, it's still very open um, next week is, is as well as the coach the players have to among themselves or just within internalising it have to actually really take a little bit of a look at where they are um, and face up to a few realities of their responsibilities to themselves and to their uh, teammates and I said last week was one of the worst Connacht performances I'd ever seen uh, and I know a lot of people didn't see it but there was something there was something better today about the attitude all through but it's, much better. but it's still a long way off yeah way off I have, okay okay but I, you have to bring fight to your game you have, you have to do that anyway but we we had nothing else okay he made a great point about we went 30 phases down there before they tried it and uh, well, what I got from was you, I, I, I you think you should have been scoring the question, but well, yeah, yeah. you should have been scoring a lot sooner, sooner. than 30 phases in which is yeah, yeah. which is a very fair point yeah I think the biggest thing is and the biggest thing out of all of it having watched three games now because I missed last week our skill set is gone the skill set we had when we won the championship is not there anymore 
that's where we're losing the ball and that's where we're giving away so many penalties we don't have the skill set and maybe he's going to go back to basics with them and get them back learning to catch a ball learning to pass a ball under pressure because that's what he talked about putting them under pressure and under pressure means getting your skills up to speed and our skill set has disappeared in the last two years Also I think the motivation levels of the players I think assessing your goals and what their targets are individually and, and as a group is a real issue right now because I think they've reached the promised land a year ago I think last year was obviously a lot of edge with all sorts of different things happening but they still competed quite well last year in comparison to what we're doing this year we would not be as competitive and I just think as a group there are probably players in there who individually and collectively need to reassess what they believe they can achieve with Connacht and what they can believe they can achieve as themselves as rugby players because you look at guys like Dave, Dave Heffernan who's like a renewed vigour in him because he went with Ireland and, and he's like he believes he can probably take Rory Best's injury spot in November but a lot of these players out here in terms of can we win another Pro 14 can we do something else I just don't think I don't think the belief is there at the moment I think that's the hardest thing still comes down to skills for me it's the skills that brought us took us out of where we were and we're I back to where we are gone completely so you have to keep skill, skills do disappear if you I, don't keep I, them going I think it's here yeah I do too it's okay you so head rather than just skills <laughs> yeah don't yeah, get your head in the yeah. podcast pack yeah yeah, that, that was, yeah. <laughs> then everybody knows how to talk about <laughs> <laughs> alright we'll take a break we'll take a break there we'll be back in a few moments and we're back and we've got Lindley you finished posting your reports and what are your thoughts on the game Lindley it was a game that Connett could have and should have won mm-hmm. um, a game where they failed to have any penetration or use the wind in the first half when they had it um, for whatever reason I don't know I know that looking at it they seem to struggle very much at the breakdown and there was a lot of penalties and I'm not sure you know to be honest you know why some of them were penalties or who was on the right and who was on the wrong side mm. but it was difficult it was difficult to, to, to judge from from the sideline um, look the second half you know to t- take a positive out of it second half very much improved you know they they, they they showed a lot of patience and a lot of guts to keep the ball in hand um, and to get those tries three tries in fact if, if uh, the try that was Turned down was had had mm-hmm. had been allowed. I think that was right call. It looked right to me. I thought it was crossing. Oh, I'm not saying. I'm, no, I'm not yeah, saying. Yeah, I know what I'm you're saying. We did get across the try line. Yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't. Shouldn't have been disallowed. But um, what I'm saying is they actually did cross yeah, the line. They, they did, created yeah. it, and mm. they, they looked like they could have scored it. Um, so yeah, all in all, extremely, extremely disappointing. I think you know you could turn around and say that they lost the game in the first half, and it's the most normal thing because they had the win. They failed to make advantage, take advantage of it. But the other thing is they did have the game won. Yes, and with a woeful turnaround and woeful last two minutes woeful defence yep. just handed it back to them said here take it we don't want to win at home in front of the four and a half thousand or whatever audience I, I just crowd I, I you know I think that really really I, kind of annoyed me that very last play of the game and the total was that lack of com- concentration or what or lack of defensive structure I'm not sure those are questions that will obviously have to be asked in the future Certainly. Any fresh thoughts, William? Now you've had a few minutes to cogitate about the whole thing. Cogitation. Cogitation. He's so embarrassed, isn't he? It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty grim, really, because they aren't very good. 
And no. it's very difficult to say that when you've just lost. But they are a very limited side. They were coming here zero and three. Mm. I think they're thrilled. Yeah. Um, the last exit strategy scrum try fiasco. Um, it was interesting again. Kieran Kane said from a height. He could see it happening before it happened. Mm. Players were in the wrong place. They didn't communicate with each other. Um, but it, that stands to reason because it finished up with an overlap and there was about two against five. That's very poor. Um, and that's... You've got to know how to win a game. Yeah. Um, and they didn't. And let's face it, if they had won the game, we'd be having a different conversation now. Yes. We still might be pointing out problems but there would be a better feel around the place and toddling off to Party Scarlets next week followed by uh, Ravenhill oh, is um, not great and then they have to go to Geneva to play Oyax, Onionax now the only thing I can say about them is I have watched a bit of them and they look appalling but that doesn't mean that they won't be up for it no. the, the other issue the Connacht have now is sides think they can beat them mm. Yeah. They, the aura of the sports ground which was here two seasons ago is gone sides think they can come here they seeds seem to play better in the conditions that we get today was just very windy yeah uh, there was no rain it's quite warm but sides that that's gone and I know you rugby now is is a much more complex game but there are times that you just would almost want Connick to just rip it up a bit and actually to do Paul O'Connell, did you put the fear of God into somebody? We didn't do that, particularly in the first half. We just faffed about with the ball, and it yep. was endless. And three 0 And when they scored the try, you kind of thought, well, they've had one half chance and they've taken it. Yeah. And that's galling. But video review Monday, set it up and get ready for Friday. I got a question for both of you, Lindley first. Who is our best out half, or who's putting their hand up in the out half position? Because there's four people. Rollinson doesn't seem to be in the reckoning. Crosby doesn't seem to have worked his way in. Carty doesn't seem to have the form. We're asking a 22-year-old Australian who played 80 minutes today to maybe take the baton now. Well, I didn't see enough of Andrew Diggin today to, to make a judgment. I, I have to say I was quite surprised when he when he took that kick from the touchline. And it wasn't a great effort. And, and I kind of wondered at the time why didn't Dara take it, knowing that Dara is quite a strong kicker, and particularly in distance. And yep. So um, I'm not, I wouldn't make a judgment about Andrew yet. It's his first game. He only just arrived a couple of weeks ago. It's yep. very difficult to say. He's certainly done enough to get another look in there anyways, that's for sure. He probably has the 10 jersey for the moment, does he? Well, you know, I think, I think Jack probably needed a rest anyway. Okay. And okay. I think he'll benefit from the rest. From, from the rest. Um, I think Jack needs to possibly maybe show a little bit more um, sort of authority behind the scrum. I think he has all the talent there, just maybe lacking a little bit of authority. Um, well, Craig hasn't played it. No, out I, w- I wouldn't call him a last, 10 at all anymore. For the last, you know, He's definitely not in the reckoning. No. No. I, th- I still thought he was at the start of the season. Maybe I'm foolish. No, I don't think so. Um... Deegan looked up for it. Uh, he made a few errors, but he did make a few breaks. His goal kick was dismal. Best, yeah. um, which I don't know what. I think it was just a miss hit. I think he may well get another run on Friday night. That might be a much tougher experience playing against yeah. the Scarlets. I, I am concerned that a player can come in 
at short notice like that and within uh, a very short period of time be playing 80 minutes I don't think I've ever seen that I would have expected him to start on the bench but it probably does show we have a bit it's a concern there yeah. uh, and I thought Kieran Marmion tonight again looked good on occasions breaking um, but some of his kicking he's he's obviously not comfortable kicking he's not a kicking scrum half no um, we know that from his Ireland situation he kicked a couple of times tonight they, they weren't great um, the other interesting one I thought uh, Farrell when he came off the bench did quite well um, but he seems to play better off the bench in the starter yeah. which is a bit concerning <laughs> Look, a lot of players have been picked in the last four games but at some stage management, the coach they've got, you've got to settle yep. uh, you, you, you can't keep I know he's trying, he's trying to find out who can play under pressure, who makes the right decisions mm-hmm. there's probably guys going well in training who maybe when you put them on the pitch and vice versa, either perform or don't perform but there's still places up for grabs. Yep. The one guy today who really stood up for me was Dave Heffernan. I thought he had a fabulous game again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, consistency there. He gets around the park. He looks up for it. Yeah. Um, and he knows there's there's vacancies in the Ireland scenario. And fair play to him if he goes and grabs it. So I have to say, I thought Jared Butler and Owen Masterson were once again, you know, on the ball today as well. Particularly, I, I thought it was. It's a, I think it's a nice back row combination. And it's 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 fast and it's possibly maybe not as bulky or as in in that sense, but it's it's a nice. But that should be balanced obviously by the by the the two second rows. Yes, yeah, because Ulton played an awful lot better. Mm. It's the best game he's yeah. played so far yeah. this season. But like talking about back rows, you had the Cardiff back row. I, I was I was quite impressed with Turnbull and, and Navidi especially. I think mm. they got in the way. They just caused us all sorts of trouble. We couldn't get as clean a ball as much as we'd like, and invariably, if the ball got turned over, one of them two was around. I, I look, you know, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I have to go back, I suppose, to last week, and I, and I know everybody is disappointed, but there is so much when a new coach takes over. There, I think there is so much to mm-hmm. take in. Even the smallest little change can have effects, and I just don't think that this team is. You can see psychologically they're trying their hardest, yes. particularly in the second half, really trying. But things just aren't quite working for them. And the breakdown today was 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 disappointing, particularly in the first half. Um, so I'm just I'm still I'm still quite open and willing to oh, yeah. to give this time mm-hmm. um, because you know if if Kieran Keane doesn't know his players and the players don't know him mm-hmm. and we have seen a lot of changes. With, yep. with personnel, no one seems to have clearly nailed down yep. a lot of the positions apart from the obvious, you know, handful of, of players. And when it comes to the, you know, the out half position, the scrum half position, which is the key, is a key yep. area, we have Kieran who was overused, obviously, and is in the, the Irish squad, and we have a situation with an out half that we we don't have one clear strong leader in the out half position and we haven't had for a while mm-hmm. I mean we had you know to be fair to Jack he, he had a long time off with the, the accident and the spleen removal and yep. possibly you know that sort of last year sort of had an effect Manus obviously was you know yeah. who, was, who was the hope sort yep. of the experienced player coming in had his injuries and couldn't be there so I suppose trying to find an out half to come into that pivotal position 
end to build up and we lost John Cooney obviously mm -hmm. as well um, so I just think you know it's, it, it's going to take a little bit more time yeah, people have to remember in Pat Lamb's first season, we won the first game and lost the next eight. So, <laughs> we, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, can, we, we can't the, get too too excited too soon. Yeah, I, I know this is slightly this different. This is different, Alan, because he then went and won a Pro 12. People's expectations are higher. Mm -hmm. I was disappointed last week at the press conference after the game and during the week to hear stuff about the lads think things are going well. We fronted up well Great. in the second half. Great. There was a lot of this determination. Connacht have got to move on from that. If, yeah. you, if you want to be serious contenders, you have to be looking for higher standards than what the guys at the bottom of the table are talking about. And I will say this, though, because I've been really critical. Much more, I think the point to be really frustrated was last week. Last week was a joke of a display. Today wasn't a calamitous display for me. It was Erastrude. You've just pointed out some things you could pick apart the referee and say it didn't go our way. We picked off two and a half tries in the second half because you know it was just an unfortunate block and it wouldn't have stopped the try, but it was a block. Yes. Um, so you know, uh, maybe a bit of a smarter move on the kicker, on, on you know a couple of you know the conversion, then you're coming away with a draw and so on and so forth. So I'd actually just think that today was just a was just a fallout from a very bad start to the season from the team um, rather than you know some sort of further explanation of, of things not going right of course Lindy's right he's got to get time no matter what our situation but I just like I don't know I just think these players have won a title a lot of them and I just think as a group I think they're going to be frustrated with themselves nothing to do with systems or co new coaches or anything like that they're going to be frustrated with themselves discipline rise in particular I could pick out five six penalties this week five six penalties last week it's just not good enough they got to do better than that and that's what cost them the game for me yeah well penalties is something you know I went back I'm just going back through some stats from the championship winning season in the last six games we never gave away more than five penalties in any of those games including the Treviso game which we lost you know and we turned we turn over the ball quite a lot we seem to do that that's not an issue but giving penalties away which means you're losing possession and territory by turning the ball over that happens and it's just the type of game we play but when you're losing you're losing penalties that builds up and then yellow cards we got our another yellow card that's four yellow cards in four matches in the last two seasons we won the fair play league twice and we're not going to win it this season I think as well, giving away penalties like that is is a sign that you're not content with your system or you're panicking yes. a bit or yep. you're not convinced that the other guy beside you in the line is going to do the right thing at, in any given situation, so you're going to have to do something. Yeah. Uh, and, and that can be ironed out. But in on a day like today, with the wind the way it was... Dara Leader in the first half showed I mean once you give away a penalty that ball is moving huge distances and they just did the same thing yeah um, Shinger was good we could do we could do with that kind of like maybe in the future if we can decide to halves that's probably what we're looking for I mean he has no cast for Wales he's 25 he had I think you were saying your stats Ali is 14 under 20 he's just a super pro 14 out of really yeah. good and I know we have get some, get some Cardiff listeners I know you were saying earlier they're not a very good team but they've got a very good win here and it'll make them a better team and there is the foundations of something and I know they're frustrated anyway so I don't think it's anything new to, news to them that we think their team is great but one thing's for sure they earned their right they earned their points today and that they could build something off that yeah maybe we have to wait and see I'm going to take a break there We're going into any other business. We've had enough talk about the game. And William, you want to talk about a certain Mr. Sean O'Brien and his comments this week on the Lions? Delusional. 
And I think I'm being kind. We could have won 3 0 if we'd been coached better. Now, he's issued a statement now to sort of change it around slightly, but I'm disappointed. That sort of stuff, yeah, maybe later on, but we're not when you're a current player. Um, it just reads really badly. This is He's talking about New Zealand, by the way, who beat South Africa 57 0 last weekend, playing sublime rugby. Um, the Lions did very well. They were very brave, they were very organised. They might maybe 2 1, but it was just the tone of it about. The Lions is finished yeah. now. They're gone. Mm. So the coaches can't come back and say anything. John Spencer, the manager, had a little pop. Um, but I just thought it was very odd. And I think the reaction's been strange. He's had some player, some players backing him. Uh, some journalists suggesting that this sort of thing is a name, uh, uh, Roy Keane moment. And it now sets him up to be Ireland captain. If... Uh, Joe Schmidt was Lions manager and a Welsh player or an English player had turned around at the end of it and said uh, well actually it was the coaches that lost us for us um, there would be hell to pay I'm really surprised and I just thought it was drivel I, I don't know where it came from like I, it's, I like it came out of nowhere no one's been talking about it you know just 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 let it lie why why even bring it up I don't understand the context of why he was even bringing it up maybe someone asked him a question but like why like the Lions is dead and buried and gone it's over we're into a new season far more important things to think about and talk about such as Pro 12 possibly moving to America oh god yeah Pro 14 yeah yeah they're talking I the impression from inside people I've been talking to that they there's not a same agreement with this idea, I think I can say that safely, as there is with uh, there was universal agreement that the South African gamble, if you like, was worth a gamble and had to be done. Um, early signs, way too early to say, but certainly the Chiefs win last night certainly looks a bit better than it did for the first few weeks. So that, that's that. America, I'm against it myself personally because I just don't think it, it makes as much coherent sense as what we've done so far. I agree. I can't understand it. They're not they're not a rugby nation. No, and I know they need to develop, true. but. I, I just, I just, there's more to life than money. It's interesting that uh, France's bid for the World Cup now seems to depend on a lot more money and saving rugby, mm-hmm. and our bid is also mentioning spreading the game to America, um, which has come as a little bit out of left field. Um, we tweeted out during the week from Craggy a couple of articles that were in the Guardian about the Aviva Premiership game played there last weekend really worth a read the Aviva Premiership for has many faults um, but they are very smart about what they do and they are getting cold feet you just have to read uh, what they say about the game the fact that they only got 6,000 now kicking it off at the same time as most club rugby in that area is played and they're going to fix that for next season but they are only dipping their toe in the water. They're not setting up a team mm-hmm. over there. Uh, I think let the South African thing bed down and let's revisit this uh, after the Japanese World Cup. And you also have a situation where the NFL are playing tomorrow in, in Wembley and they get they get a huge crowd. They, they fill the place out and they do it a couple of times a season or three, two or three games a season. But American football has not taken off in this part of the world and I don't think it ever will. No more than rugby will take off somewhere over there. Their sports are already more or less settled. It, it, you have to get into the schools. And in the schools in America, it's baseball and American football. There just isn't enough. There is some rugby, but just not enough. But talking about England and the Premiership, um, they're talking about trying to shorten the Six Nations or, or leave 
Ireland, Wales, Scotland and Italy playing in seven weeks while themselves and France play over six weeks, which is belubous. Uh, it's, it's been put to bed for the time being because it was voted down. It, it, it was never actually put to a vote, but apparently they were basically told it was 5-1 because the French changed their minds. Um, they really have a problem, uh, and it's a problem that European rugby has. And when we go to the European launch in Dublin in a couple of weeks, we'll be, I'll be looking to talk to a few of their head boys just to see. They... They've been. It's it's now all about your the Premiership and the top fourteen and the Pro fourteen wanting to finish after the European rugby is finished. That's the pinnacle, is yeah. what they see it as. What's interesting is uh, soccer goes completely the other way because the Champions League. You would never have the Champions League final no. two weeks before the end of the domestic seasons. They, they, so yeah. it, it's a different emphasis. Player welfare, shocking idea. Don't care how many players they have. It's a real bit of arrogance. Like you know, we can we can just keep rotating our squad. I can't imagine Eddie Jones was particularly enamoured with the idea. I think it's been put to bed for a while. Maybe when the next TV deal comes up, because it would actually create an extra sort of round of. Even though it's played in less time, it would create an extra round of one extra round of game. England, France, or France, England. Yeah. But. Um, no, bit of arrogance there, and I think it was shot down fairly quickly. Thankfully, and, and Graham Simmons wrote a great article. If you go looking for it on Twitter, um, he wrote a, he wrote an excellent article about how the Premiership, who are only twenty years old, trying to dictate what's going on in rugby in the Northern Hemisphere, and especially when ten of the twelve teams are all losing money, and the team who are the most successful are losing the most money. That just doesn't make any business sense in any way, shape, or form. Tweet it out for us, Alan. We can find it on Craggy Rugby. I'll, I'll do that, William. I will indeed. Lindley, do you have any, any other business you'd like to bring up or talk about? or You don't have to. No, no, that's fine, that's fine. One thing I do want to finish on, because I'm not even going to mention the goalpost, because if it had been painted this week, the wind would have blown it off. Um, we had the unfortunate event of, of um, Jim McGee passing away this week. Um, and I know my... My uh, upbringing had Jimmy McGee, and he's uh, on various different sports, and he really helped bring sport into my life. I don't know what sort of memories you guys had of him. Cycling, I think his cycling commentaries were always brilliant. So I just think, as a person who's loved that sport for years, everyone loves him for boxing, but I'm going to say cycling because it's just—I don't know—he co- he covered the Sean Kelly, Stephen Roach era so well. Um, I loved him commentating from all sorts of obscure places in Eastern Europe on crackly old telephone lines when there was the picture would break down every two minutes and he would just have to keep going. Self and Philip Green yeah. used to do it on radio. Um, people now just expect sport. They expect to be able to watch everything. You watch it on your phone, your tablet. Back in those days, it didn't work like that. And he brought a, a level of, of expertise and enthusiasm to it. Uh, for me... Uh, John Tracy getting the silver medal in Los ah, Angeles that's, in 84. That's, that's what I was going to do. I stayed up all night playing poker with a few friends of mine listening to Jimmy McGee, Jimmy McGee with that commentary and it was amazing. That's the one with the look, isn't it? Give it a look as he's running by him. No, the, no, that's no, the marathon. That, I'm thinking of the, the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're thinking of uh, Coughlin in Coughlin when he looks fast. Yeah, no, the marathon was, yeah. That was a top one for me. It really was. Excellent. Lindley. You wouldn't have, or would you have memories of Jimmy McGee? Oh, I do indeed. I, it, actually, William just mentioned it. I loved 
his enthusiasm. Yes. His enthusiasm about everything, whatever he was doing. He never sounded sort of like grumpy, like I might sound, or cross. <laughs> I'm never grumpy. Or, you know, he was always just so enthusiastic right. and full of life. And, mm-hmm. and I just think that, that really, you know, if you w- weren't looking at him on the TV, but if you were listening to him, you actually almost felt like, you know, like one, you wanted to be there with him because it always sounded so exciting. Absolutely. Sure. Also, uh, Pat Garrity passed away this week, and Lily yes. wants to talk about that as well, which is probably should be more informed to chat about him than me. But I do remember early on in my media career when I was a media officer with Connacht, um, I, was, I was asking to get Eddie Eagle on the sideline in Tobin Park and being refused uh, point blank. <laughs> so we decided to put Eddie D Eagle in the crowd in his suit. <laughs> friend of mine from Limerick was uh, the Eddie D Eagle of, of the time. And uh, remember the uh, cameras, because it was such a poor game, had so much time just to show Eddie D Eagle in the crowd. And I remember Pat just being. In a falling, light-hearted, typical pat way, just being fewer about it. Like <laughs> they annoyed me this week. Um, so yeah, look, uh, I think people have said better tributes than I could possibly say. Yeah, I think Cameron and Agara did a, um, yeah, a very, very. Tribute, uh, yeah. It was an excellent tribute. You know, I'll tweet I mean, that out too. yeah, Pat. Uh, what I loved about Pat is I liked his, I liked his kind of his sense of humour. I liked his sometimes acerbic nature of him. But I also know at his, in his heart that he was just such a rugby man. And what I liked is that the fact that he balanced his his job with Munster, as I knew him before. I didn't know him when he was with Leinster. His job with Munster was actually helping Munster and helping the media. He seemed to find that nice balance between actually, in, as a media officer, helping the media to do their job while also protecting his players uh, and his, his players but also projecting yeah. the image of the game and there was one thing I always know and I will always remember that he did to me but I had my nephew um, who was 14 at the time staying with me from New Zealand and he had grown up with Christian Cullen as being a huge mm-hmm. hero of his and of course he, despite the fact they actually lived about 12 miles away from each other he'd never had the opportunity to meet him right. and when he was over here Pat I was talking to chatting to Pat about it and he said tell you what if your nephew really wants to meet him bring him down here and took him into the dressing room after the Munster match to meet Christian Cullen and it was just such a nice uh, I thought it was just such a nice thing to do it might not happen these days but but it was a very nice thing to do absolutely and I think we should leave it on that lovely note on what, what, what have we got there Rob any other business just one other thing Mayo Flag still is flying here the ladies play tomorrow and they think it could be a European record for women's sports attendances so I just think that's something to be so proud of for the West of Ireland sports we see the Galway hurling sport was incredible we saw the Mayo football sport incredible let's not get into talking about the disappointment but the ladies are an amazing story as well and it just makes you feel so good about this little province what we can do for sport that's it yeah it is the one thing I will give the GA a huge credit for they do an amazing job with women's football it really is and, and Camogie here's one thing actually Galway United oh yeah kept good alive last night yes. very good one delighted for them it's yes. great for the sport in the West but particularly coming you know on the the, the, the back of the, you know, the GEA success at least you know and with Connor having had its success in the last couple of years and it's good that Galway United are still up there in the Premiership and hopefully they'll stay, that's where they'll stay indeed that's it Say goodbye, folks, from a windy, windy, windy sports ground. Hopefully, it's not going to affect the podcast too much. Ciao.